Okay. This is the Divorce Is Not An Option podcast. Let's go. Stephen James Dixon. Hey, y'all. This is Tamara Darasel, and this is the Divorce Is Not An Option podcast. Thank you for joining us. Today, we're talking about a new article on StephenJamesDixon.com called Five Reasons Why My Relationship Works With My Drug Addicted Boyfriend. Are you for real? <laughs> yeah, I told you. You thought I was joking when I said that earlier. Okay. But the wording, though, with my drug addicted boyfriend. <laughs> he on drugs. Mean, okay. Uh, well, okay. I, I have a different perspective on that. But you go ahead let, and start with the article. Let me read from the introduction of the article. Mm-hmm. It says, I am a 40-year-old African-American woman, and I've been dating a 45-year-old African-American man for the past three years. I don't have any kids. He has shared custody of an eight-year-old daughter. We all live together in New York City. Okay, so she a grown woman and she sounds like she happy. Yes. Um, she she <laughs> says she's happy when I talk to her. It's one of my clients. I interviewed her. You know, she sounds happy to me. So she does she want to have a family? Does she want to get married? Let's get into the article, article some more. You'll see. Okay. All right. So um, she said she had been in four serious relationships. And the first was her college sweetheart that she dated for 10 years. Psh, I understand. <laughs> um, college sweetheart for 10 years. Oh, you my know what gosh. Because you think you're going to get married and you keep thinking, okay, I put this much in it. Let me just keep going. And then it's just, yeah, it's just messed up. So One any- more year. Yeah, one more, one more year. year. One more year turns into 10. But anyway, so she said they struggled together and they shared everything. Because, you know, you start off college, you ain't got nothing. Um, and she believed in him and he was pursuing a music career. And then his career blew up. And, you know, she said she had had an abortion for this man. She had postponed her dreams for this man. Um, and then he just turned on her. Like he just started having holes everywhere. <laughs> once he got he that job right right so I, I just think that's just the craziest thing so now he big time and she has been the one there with him all the time and she just gets the short end of the stick so you're familiar with this story you've seen it played out multiple times Except my man didn't make it big time at the time oh, oh so <laughs> you like, at least she, I could have got some money out the deal <laughs> Yeah, you you held on to dude, held him down for years and years and years, and he never made it big time. All no. your you never your sacrifice never led to anything. Nope. nope. And then he had the nerve to call me a gold digger. Wow. Like no, a gold digger would not be with you. So you was trying to say basically that uh, you wanted him to have some money in his pocket, not that y'all adults. And Thank you, know- you. Pay some bills. How about that? <laughs> That's crazy. Well, she said she. Uh, go ahead. No, you go. Oh, she was just talking about, you know, all of her relationships. The second boyfriend was a rebound from the first one. And she just realized she was settling with him. So she had to let him go. Um, And then she just kind of goes through a string of men that she just, you know, reason she slept with men, anger, boredom, confusion, depression, horniness. (laughs) She said lies, lies, (laughs) loneliness, (laughs) obligation, and more lies. Wow, let's let's try to go through each one of those. So, so woman is saying that she was hurt from a previous relationship that did not work out, mm-hmm. and that led her to being kind of fast and run around dating different men and that having uh, having sex. And 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 the reasons were say say the reasons again. She said that she anger, felt like she, 
Well, that and that's that's the you know she's so hurt and, and upset from the previous relationship. It's like you know I don't even care. Let me just get some. Okay, I noticed too that in the list that she gave, she didn't say hurt, but you you're gonna take the anger as hurt as well, emotion. Yeah, too, right? because I think it's anger towards the relationship that didn't work. You know, or and, and, and probably toward herself, and probably toward that's herself. That's true, right? and, and mad at herself yeah. for staying for ten years. Yep. Okay. Boredom. You you see that one too? Oh, I understand that one. <laughs> it's like Just I ain't got bored. to do. <laughs> I I do. Come on. <laughs> Just happen to be your lucky day. <laughs> your lucky day. Don't mess it up. I done heard women say that. Don't mess it up. It's your yes, lucky day. Yes. And they always mess it up. Confusion. What you think that one is? So. My interpretation of that is just confusion of what the situation is. Like so many women get involved with men and you don't know what it is. You don't know if you're together. You don't know if you, you know, whatever. And so you just confused, but you're still sleeping with him. But you don't feel like figuring it out. You only want to ask. Like, you know what? You want to, but you're scared to. Because you're scared. Okay, so I have this piece of him right now. If I ask for him to tell me exactly what's going on, I won't even have that piece. Or it's a possibility I won't even have that piece. You know, what? there's some women out there right now that are kind of in that position mm-hmm. where they just they just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but they just kind of stay. Yeah, I mean, but it's making a conscious decision that a piece of man is better than no man at all, which I for, really disagree with. Cause, cause they're like, I'm a water this man, and he gonna grow up to be a grown man, a real man one day. You they know? don't. They don't. That does not happen. That does not. What happens is you water that man, and he grows up to be a grown man for somebody else. You know what confusion could also be? It could also be where you're trying to figure out if you are willing to walk away from a relationship because it's not real. Like where, where you're saying, okay, do I want too much? Am I expecting mm, too much? That's a good one. And that's you like, know? she did talk about like boyfriend number two, where she was saying that, that she was settling. And and I think that is, we try to convince our, ourselves that, you know, maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. Maybe. And I, of course, men go through that too. Occasionally when, when we actually get serious about a woman, you know, and if that woman don't want us, ooh, that first time as a man, when a woman don't want you, that's a whole nother <laughs> podcast. We can't even, <laughs> we can't even, I can't even begin to, to parse that one through. So curiosity. Of course, uh, everyone yeah. Curiosity. That's self-explanatory. Depression. I don't know. That's all women right there. What, y'all, what you got on it? I mean, that's just, yeah, it kind of goes along with boredom. Just like you you hit kind of a lull and you just like anything to make me feel better. My my, my homegirl married, my sorority sister married, my, my younger sister married. You know, oh, boy, my mama on my, other women. Yeah, yeah. My, my, my ex and my other ex, both of them married with kids. Yes. Shoot, one of my ex-boyfriends that got a divorce already. He was married so long. <laughs> But it's so crazy when you are with somebody and then they marry the next chick. Mama, mama on your back. You know what I'm oh saying? Oh my gosh. I, yeah, I, I, I could write a book on that one. Oh, mama being on your back. Yeah. Your mama must not listen to the podcast that much. <laughs> Whatever. But mama was ready. She was like, what we got to do to get a man? Wow. Yes. As if there was some work that needed to exactly. be done. Exactly. Hey, you might want She said, you have excelled in your career. You can figure out how to do this. Oh, really? so you had like a cheerleading moment? Like you had multiple moments where mom was like, hey, we need to talk. I don't know about if I would say it was no a man. cheerleader moment because I didn't feel like I was being lifted up. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
So what is what is that? You want to talk about that? Or oh is that my too personal gosh! To get into I mean, that, I, the, the, I'm an open book, but um, no, I think it. A lot of people experience that because as black women, um, we are not getting married at the same rate as white women, and so you have the expectation of you know, especially college educated black women, you're gonna meet your husband in college or somewhere around there in in your early twenties. Um, and so you hit your mid thirties and all of a sudden everybody around you gets desperate. You may not even be desperate, but everybody else around you is desperate. I mean, you thirty five. Right, mm-hmm. And so that's when, you know, and my mom who was all about black love actually started saying, well, maybe we should look at white guys. <laughs> Whoa, mama, mama lost all her confidence in you. All yes. of it. When, when mama said, when mama gives you permission to date outside your race, she has no more confidence yes. in you at all. It is so wow. crazy. I'm like that whole feeling like, I mean. <laughs> what did you say to mama when she said, you know what, you could date white men if you want to? I, I had no words because mama, the same <laughs> woman who actually, when I was in high school and actually did try to date a white guy, told me, um, Okay, so I know it's a limited amount of black people where you are, but can you try to look <laughs> in that area? <laughs> she, she wants you to look a little harder. Then after a couple of years, yeah. she's like, wait a minute, slow down. Go back and get that white boy you had from 20 years ago. So, yes, exactly. She's like, anybody who will marry you. She one day, she one day sat me down and said, we need to have a baby. And I said, um, yeah. how do we have a baby? <laughs> Does she, um, th- do you have any horror stories from friends? Um, about their mamas? Yeah. Um, it's pretty, every, everybody's kind of got the similar, same story, um, with the exception of the mamas who just gave up. Like, you know, especially when you have siblings. Um, and I have the same story. Like, my mama started planning my brother's weddings because she just decided mine wasn't going to happen. Wow. And neither one of them got married anyway. Not yet. But do they feel that pressure from your mom? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not the same level that I had. But she, I mean, at the end of the day, my mother wanted grandchildren. And that was that was the main priority. But anyway, bringing it all back. um, Yeah, horniness. That's us. That's Um, explanatory. Yes, that's dudes. Lies. What do you think about lies? Wait a minute. What do you mean that's y'all? Oh, I try to slide that Uh in. I want to hear your thoughts. Um, You know what? Uh. I never lied. Like I was honest with women oh, yeah, all the time. Like, honest. I don't. I don't. I. I just got off on you know just being able to say to a woman what I really was feeling and what I wanted, and then getting away with it. That that was how I described a player to me. Like but that you know, was a player mean. Don't lie. No, but if I, I'm keeping it real, like for example, one time at one point at the job, I was dating three women that sit within probably twenty feet of each oh, other. Oh my god, three different women, and all of them knew. Oh wow. Oh, is that wrong? Um, I can't believe they did it. I, I I have to blame them for that. Right. And these are three different women. Like one was like a technical writer, <laughs> one was like an administrative assistant, and one was like an engineer. You like you know I'm what I'm diverse. saying? Like, I'm di- I, I diversified my portfolio of women. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But you're not always you know, I don't I wouldn't say that you were typical because most men lie. Yes, I've actually had conversations with men where I challenged them online and women. And really, sadly, um, the reason why I stopped lying, I, not, well, I never did lie to women. And the reason why I tried to get men to stop lying to women was because I felt like it didn't matter. Oh, so I just thought about the text message I got 
from the dude, long distance dude. And um, yeah. when he said, um, can I come over? And I was like, sorry, dude, wrong chick. No, no, no. You got to tell her, you got to back it up <laughs> and, and make sure you're very clear in that story. Try to skip through it because you don't I like don't that story. Remember what? What are you saying? I, I, I remember. Oh, I, remember I remember. What do you remember? I remember you calling me one day and saying, "Hey, you remember that dude I stopped dating? You know, from out of town." And I was like, "Okay, yeah." I just got a text message from him saying, "Hey, can I come over?" And and you were like, "He knows that I'm, I'm not, not in town. there." Yes. Right. And so then you called him and what happened? He was like, oh, um, he swore up and down that that message was for me. He never even had a real explanation. And I just wasn't even I didn't care at that point. But I was just like cracking up because I'm like, that was a huge player mistake. Right. And and, and the thing about it is to the, to the listeners, to be very clear, Tamara lives in Dallas, Texas. Yes. This dude lives in another city yes. and tried to make it sound like when he sent a text message like, hey, can I come over? Like, like, like that really? was meant for Tim. Yes. Like you just go roll, you know, hours yes. to go, whatever. Ad- additionally, too, when Tamara did not live in that city, yes. she would visit that city for work. So she didn't live it. So, so he definitely had another chick and he never, he never confessed to that. No, huh? no, but wanted to lie and say that he, that, that message was intended for me. That's, that's the kind of mess I'm talking about. And then his lie, you guys were not, you know, moving. You guys were not serious at all. Right. Y'all were not together like that. I remember him just being someone you were kind of interested in and wanted things to move forward. They never did. And you left him alone. Like he was confused. Right. (laughs) Right. He was confused. So you got out before. So that's, that's a good, that's, that's one of those good times where you kind of, you kind of stood your ground, said to yourself, this is not going well. Something doesn't feel right. I like this guy. I'm interested in this guy. But something just doesn't feel right. right about this guy. So you moved on. And then that later confirmed your, your women's intuition. Mm-hmm. Lies. The other part about lies is I just figured out, like, when I was probably 30, 30 years old, 29 years mm-hmm. old, I just had a summer when I was trying to just run women off. Like, I was just like, <laughs> how do I get rid of How to of these lose women? a chicken 10 days. <laughs> right, right. And and just didn't matter. Like, I would go two weeks without calling a chick. And she just be like, hey, how you doing? Or I call a chick at the last minute on a Friday at 8.30, you know, just to... See, just, I, PSA, just, ladies, respect yourself. Respect yes. yourself. And I, and it didn't matter who the woman was. It could be a lawyer, a doctor, a teacher, you know, a stripper, or any <laughs> teacher. You know, it didn't matter. Like, I treated them all the same, you know? And so... um. It was just, it's, but I never lied to him, man. I always was, I remember one point I was dating a woman and she said, and we'll wrap up at that point on this little subject. I was dating a woman and um, we were out on a date and she said to me, hey, I'm really interested in you. Um, I wanted you to know that I'm not seeing anyone else. I kind of broke off all those, you know, friendships that were developing, mm-hmm. but we're really focusing on you. Mm-hmm. And she said, so what's going on with you? You know, are you seeing anybody else? And I was like, yeah, I looked her right in the eye and I said, yeah, I'm dating seven other women. Um, two live out of town, five live in town. One of the women from out of town is coming to town this week. Your story changed. It was six last time. It's, it's, we're going to increase it every year. It's going to be seven. <laughs> the next story is going to be eight. <laughs> Straight up. By, by the time this that podcast gets the way it needs to be, it's going to be I was dating 12 women, Whatever, you know what I'm saying? And they both of them lived around the corner. No, it really was like seven. And so um, I told her that I'm dating those women and one was coming to town for the weekend. And she was like, well, is she coming in for the weekend? I was like, to see me. Mm-mm. And so to to look at her in the face and say for her to see me, you know, and she just like, okay, you know, and then 
that was it. And I could, and this was a, a very successful woman had a bachelor's, her, her master's, her own house, you know, paid off car, money in the bank, all that. But she, she wanted your boy. But see, she, she wanted oh, Lord. So <laughs> the moral of the story is that money has nothing to do with anything. Education has nothing, nothing to do with it. It's all about having that internal respect for yourself and just recognizing that I'm worth more than this. She said boyfriend number three was a young guy. Tamara, have you ever dated a man younger than you? What was that like? <laughs> And I'm not talking about when you were 20 and he was 19. I'm talking about like when you were 32 and he was 27 type type dude. Um, I've done a couple of, I've dated somebody a couple of years younger than me, but um, never like a huge, because it's, at some point conversation is not there. Um, So I've never dated anybody hugely younger than me, but I mean, it's like when you date somebody younger than you like that, th- there's only one purpose. Mm-hmm. There's only one person. Okay. And then she said, boyfriend number four is a social cocaine addict. He does about $50 in cocaine every two weeks. He only does it with his friends at private events. It's like a party drug to him. Him and his friend. She also found out that some of her friends do cocaine too. <laughs> so when I first read this, I was like, she really loved him. I mean, this, I, don't, I don't even understand. <laughs> but now that we've been talking about this, I'm like, okay. He was a, he's a Wall Street banker. Um, so supposedly he just, you know, the cocaine is just like a party drug. So it's, you know, he does cocaine socially, I guess, like people drink socially. Um, some people smoke weed. He takes care of her. He's, she says he's gentle and understanding. They have a great relationship. Um, he's Ivy League educated. Um, he pays for everything. Um, and she was like, he asked her to move in, which is major because a, a lot of men just have commitment issues. So she's saying, you know, there haven't been any commitment issues. He takes care of her. They travel. They have a good time. Um, stuff like, you know, his phone battery don't die randomly. He don't keep the phone turned down. Um, you know, she, he's accessible and he's opened his life to her. And she's like, he's so supportive. It's the best relationship I've ever had. Why well, I'm going to lead it. Mm-hmm. And then she went on to talk about how one day um, he gave her $50,000 to start a business. No strings attached. You ain't, she, he didn't have to, you know, be named on the business I mean, or be in the LLC and a tax what ID. What man does that? Okay. And so now we move into, you know, um, she she was just kind of, okay, this is the, I have a great man. Yes. And um, should I leave so, this great man? You know what, Tamara? Though? Yeah. So okay, my question is, does this affect like, okay, first of all, getting a little political here, but I just watched this interview with um, um, Vicente uh, Fox for the ex-president of Mexico. And he was talking about how um, prohibition does not work. So um, the way to reduce drug use is to legalize the use, the consumption of drugs. Um, and so from that philosophy, like I, I totally agree with that with weed. I hadn't, you know, to me, weed is natural cocaine. I don't know what they do there, but, um, looking from that perspective, like I would not date somebody cause they smoke weed. I would not date somebody because they drank. So if this doesn't affect his day to day interactions, what? Really, are you really willing to go there? Because, because that's how it, it was painted to me that that hey, he's a he's the best guy I've ever dated. 
We've been dating for three years. Um, she was kind of like, I don't know if I want to get married. Oh, she I'm don't know. 40 years old now. So, right. Well, she, she said that she, of course, when she was under 40, she wanted to get married, wanted to have kids. Not sure if those things are going to happen anyway. Mm. And so our big thing now is like, I'm well, happy now. With this guy. Right. But she says, I'm happy now with this guy, you know, like, why should I leave this guy who does cocaine? And the thing, and the big thing she said too was his habit affects him and it has yet to infect, affect her. Where she said other relationships that she had been in in the past where somebody was abusive, mm-hmm. that affected mm-hmm. her. Somebody that cheated, that affected mm-hmm. her. Somebody that was broke, right. <laughs> that affected right. her. You know what I mean? Whereas this guy, his, his faults don't impact her. So she's like, why should I leave? She this? really happy or she just like the money? She is really happy. And the money for her, she said, was a non-issue because she never asked him for any money. But it was nice to be offered because she lived in, you know, she lived in New York where, you know, dudes tend to shack up because it's so expensive to live there and have something nice. So you'll shack up with a dude for a year and split the bills. You know, it's not a big deal really in New York or L.A. or Chicago. We want to live in downtown areas and things like that. But this guy was like, move in with me and I'm going to continue to pay all the bills. You know what I mean? Like he really wanted her. And she said that it's been a. It's just very, it's been a very long time since she had been in a real relationship where a guy really exhibited that he wanted Okay, her. so how, how do you think that this kind of would be framed in your 80-20 rule? Um, wow. And so when I say 80-20 rule, what I say is out of, well, when I say out of, a, out of 10 things, for example, you get eight of those things, you don't get two of those things. So definitely... This would count as two, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, she said, she, said this, she getting nine and not getting one. You know what? I, when I say specifically, the reasons why you will stay, she gave me five mm-hmm. reasons. She said, number one, he loves me. Mm. Number two, he's romantic. Number three, he is supportive. Number four, he is caring. And number five, he loves his daughter. Those are, those all are the five reasons. reasons she gave for staying. Okay, well, mm-hmm. you well, know what? Well, All of those are him. She didn't say I love him. She said earlier, um, you'll you'll find that in okay. an article where she talked about being madly in love with him and okay. things like that. I didn't have this in the conversation piece, but she said she mad. She's madly, and as a matter of fact, I see him always out. Another another thing too, like I don't know, I missed this whole age. Me and my wife been married twelve years, but I always see them in um, Instagram posts together. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Just looking happy, just dancing somewhere at okay. a restaurant, at a party, and he jumping in the, the okay. videos. You know what I mean? So like, my question are is what are the effects of cocaine? Like, I mean, is he gonna end up, you know, with some kind of cancer or um, you know, is it is it gonna show up physically? Is I mean, is she gonna have to be taking care of him ten years from now? Like what You know what? I don't know many Crackhead or <laughs> cocaine addicts, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't be like my cousin who did cocaine. Right, yeah, my, my my cousin who did cocaine for 50 years, he is this now. Like, I don't, I don't know no you know, stories. So like that's that. I'm you know wondering what I'm if you can do cocaine socially, and could he just a year from now decide he don't want to do it no more? Is he, I mean, is is it addictive like that? I've heard stories where people said they quit. Think I've heard more stories where people end up dead, though. <laughs> so that's my question. And does she know all the risk? And if she know all the risk, is she willing to take them? 
Well, really what I said to her, I made her promise me three things. I said that she will never try cocaine yeah. and she agreed to that. Like like she said that it's just not right. for her. She actually had that thought at one point. Oh, she she said actually it. that once she figured out she actually thought about it because what happened, she said, was when he would do it socially and when she found out about it, she was so surprised that she talked about it with a close friend of hers. And that close friend was like, you know what? On occasion, I've taken a hit of cocaine. Wowzers. Too. You know, and so then I was like, wow, this can't be real. So I actually called another one of my clients in L.A. and she said, yeah, this is true. Like I've dated men who did cocaine. And I was like, but you never said that to me. And she said, well, I never felt like these guys doing cocaine were, it was a problem. She's like, I've called you, you know? Yeah. She actually said, I've called you to have a session about a man I thought was cheating. I've called you about a session, uh, multiple sessions when I was, you know, doing kind of premarital counseling when we was trying to figure out if we're going to get married. But I was like, in all those sessions, this is one of my long-term clients too, like maybe six years. She never, and I was like, in those six years, how many people did you date that did cocaine? She said, at least two I mean, to three. How do you, you know, get that? I well, like, I guess maybe she didn't know. Yeah. Because my thing is, I would be like, I'm date, you know, on date two, I find out, you know, you use coke. Okay, we're done. She said it, uh, well, the initial person I interviewed for this article said that she didn't find out to after a year. Um, that's and by then, to me. you know, he, right. You know, and they together all the time. Yeah, you know, find you out can do this, and, and it don't, it don't affect nothing. I mean, but then again, I don't know. Is it like he hid it from her? I think that. So, so the other thing you got to think about too. These are people that are basically a party lifestyle, like partying at a whole nother level that us slow people in Dallas <laughs> right? can't relate to. Like I'm you know, tired, just dead. just can't like. Right? Yeah, we going to bed. They go. They go out. They go and stay out. And you know, always stay out all night. Wow. You know what I mean? When you go to LA yeah. and New York or whatever. Yeah, I guess that's different. And, just, and, they, and, then they, and their private parties are at a whole nother level. You know what I'm saying? Like of just craziness of, you know, just and I've been through a couple of them where I was just like okay, I'm out of place here. Like this is so fast. Like it's so much going on. It's so many things happen. There's so many people here. And these are not, like we, we've been in that in, how, in you know, frat houses yeah. when we was in college. Imagine that. Ago. Like imagine like we was in a frat house Imagine like when you was in a frat house in college and it's all just kids. Well, now being packed into L.A. where you see stars and athletes and stuff like that at a higher level. And you see people having sex in the next room and you see, you know, all these different cocaine over here and all that. It, it becomes your environment. You know, it just becomes, you know, this is what we do off. when we go out. but i made (laughs) i made her promise that she was not going to try cocaine and that she would have an emergency fund and an exit strategy um you know just in case she gotta you know we gotta leave right now you know what i mean so have that together and then that she would at least check in with me quarterly so i can make sure you know right she ended up going to jail yeah okay yeah now i was trying to be on her side mind-boggling Okay, cool, cool. Mind-boggling. So, everybody check out the article on stephenjamesdixon.com. Right now, let's take it to the relationship couch. Stephen, you got anything interesting for us this week? You know what? Um, The thing I've been working on with couples this week is compromising. And I've really just... I I found that people just are not good at it for some reason. Like, and they just... (laughs) (laughs) The first rank of people were good at compromising. Oh, okay. So I get caught you up know. in it, like, um, and I, 
<laughs> so it's a big deal. Okay, maybe it's a little bit. It's my thing for this week, so maybe I get kind of caught up in the middle of it and not really look at it as that big because my wife and I do such a really good job Bravo, of compromising. Yeah. And um, with this couple, man, it just you just kind of get into your own lanes where, okay, I want what I want and the partner wants what they want. And like they both just feel like it don't work like that. They just both feel like they're supposed to have what they're supposed to have and then never okay, compromise. Okay, so what do you tell them to do? Okay, well, when, I, when I'm teaching couples on how to compromise, the first thing I always tell people to do is you got to understand what your partner wants first, right? And so, and so too often when we're having a debate, we're thinking to ourselves, I need to explain better what I want, mm-hmm. right? And that's a mistake because they probably know what you want and they just don't want the same thing. I get it. I get it. You obviously ain't hearing me. <laughs> Right, right. No, no, no. I get it. I get it. Whatever. Yes. Um, you know. And so what I try to teach couples and what I do in my own marriage is I first, for me, figure out what is it that she wants? You know what I mean? Like, like, and, and I think that's how real negotiations mm. work, right? Like, like if, um, if I'm trying to pay LeBron James as I'm Cleveland Cavaliers, I have in my mind said, okay, how much should I be paying? Like, I have an idea, like what he would want. Like I paid Kobe 30, like the Lakers paid Kobe 30 million. Um, what Russell Westbrook is getting twenty five million over here. Uh, Kyrie Irving and Steph Curry are making this amount over here. LeBron James thinks he's the best player in the league. He's probably gonna want more than all those. Like I have an okay. idea. So these of are what life skills, you know. So I come to the right. These are life skills, exactly that that people don't apply in their personal relationships. And I'm always teaching people to to use your professional skill set. Again, use your professional skill set in your personal lives. And so when LeBron James and Cleveland Cavaliers are negotiating, Cleveland has an idea of what LeBron James wants before mm-hmm. they start talking, right? LeBron James's people have already looked at the salary structure, the pay scale, the cap. You know, they know all. They, they know, okay, if you sign LeBron at $35 million, then you could also find, sign seven other players at right. this amount, blah, blah, blah. They have all that information before they even come to the table. And too often in marriages, we come to the table with no information. All we have is what we want. Well, yeah, because we have a whole mentality about, you know, that's what our life is, getting what I want. Yep. Up until the time you get married. Getting the job I want, getting the clothes I want, getting the car I want. It's all about, yeah, what I want. Right. Getting the house I want. Now I got the man I want or I got the woman I want. And and they ain't acting right. I want them to do. Right. And so I, I I was really, what I did, what I figured out was I couldn't really fix this what? couple's problem. Normally I'm able to, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, you surprising, can't fix right? something. <laughs> it's one couple, Tamara, slow down. It's just one. I couldn't fix this one. All right. The rest of them going to get fixed. <laughs> yeah. And so what I had to do with this couple was I had to start explaining to them or giving them examples of compromise between me and my wife for them to really start getting it. You know, like they had to really bear witness to people who actually compromised, who, where I actually said, okay, I didn't want to do this, but I did it for my wife. Okay. Anyway. And so is it actually sinking in for them? Wow. Yes. They finally calmed down. They finally said, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And then I had to make the, I had to make the, the idea that another one of the problems that they have is that when you don't compromise or if you don't know that your partner is going to compromise on today, then why right. would you compromise tomorrow? Right. You know, or vice versa, right? Like, like I compromise today because I believe my wife is going right. to compromise tomorrow. And so in order for me to feel comfortable in doing those things, I got to know my wife so- is going to be here. 
So a lot of people don't understand that when they lose their uh-huh. ability to compromise, it's okay, because so there's no commitment. Was there one example that you feel like just kind of turn the corner for them? Like one example of your compromising that they were like, oh, light bulb. Um, you know what? One of the examples I gave was how my wife and I have a different approach to commitments mm-hmm. and time. Um, like my wife is a big commitment person. My wife is like, Hey, if I tell somebody I'm going to meet you at 10 o'clock, I'm going to meet you at 10 o'clock. Or if she says, if I tell somebody I'm going to call you at eight o'clock, I'm going to call you eight o'clock. Well, Right. She has a lot of integrity. She has a lot of self-respect. She's very serious about how people, her outlook on life or whatever. For me, like I'm, I'm good with those types of things until it comes to my family. You know what I mean? Like, so, so if I tell my homeboy, Hey, I'm gonna meet you at seven o'clock. We're going to go to the game. And then my wife called me and said, Hey, I need you to do something. I just called my homeboy back and said, Hey, I'm gonna meet you at seven fifteen. And so, whereas my wife is just like, no, nah, I'm gonna tell you yeah. that I have a commitment. Yeah. Right. And so the compromise in that is me respecting how she feels mm-hmm. about things like that. Right. Cause we was at, we were having a difference of opinion. I had to sit us down and say, okay, we're different. And I respect how you feel because that's about integrity. Please respect how I feel because this is about family. So if I'm doing something, Tamara say, hey, we're going to do the podcast at six o'clock. I might have to call Tamara back like, hey, I need to hold on my daughter. She's not feeling well. My, my baby had a fever today. I might have to hold on to my daughter for about 30 minutes. Tamara, we're going to do it at 630. You know, and I, and I don't have some big thing in me that says I got to do something at a certain time. Right, I have that for right. my family, like like my but that's family. That's being the head of the household, and she is. That's a whole other podcast. Maybe that's different. <laughs> whole other podcast. Are you in a strange or unique relationship that works for you? If you are, please call the podcast hotline. Call Divorce Not Option Podcast. Leave us a voicemail. Tell us how and why you ended up in this strange relationship. Please let that message be under two minutes because some people, if you call and you leave a 10-minute message and me and Tamara enjoy it, but we can't put it on a podcast. Number is 469-294-3795. Again, that number is 469 469- Two nine four three seven. This has been the Divorce is Not an Option podcast. Please be sure to subscribe and follow the podcast so that you can be automatically alerted when we produce a new episode on iTunes, Spreaker.com, Google Play, YouTube, and SoundCloud. And now you can also check out this podcast on Ebony.com. Tell a friend, repost, retweet for us. Thank you. Bye, y'all. Deuces.